Our text said, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Now, I'm going to talk to you about spiritual warfare over the next few weeks, and I'm coming right from the book that I wrote a while back. And if you're going to walk in the victory that God has called you to walk in, you better mark it down. You're going to have to know your foe. You've got to understand your enemy if you hope to defeat your enemy. And here's what Peter said about your foe. He said, your adversary is the devil. Now, now check it out. Adversary is a warrior's term. So it lets you know that we are in a fight. The enemy wants to see you defeated. And understand me today. Adversary here points us to the fact that this is warfare. Don't get it bent. This is warfare. And your adversary is not your boss. Your adversary is not your ex. Some of y'all say, you just don't know my ex, Pastor. Come on. Your adversary is not even your mother-in-law. Your adversary is not a person. You don't war with people. Your adversary is the devil. And you need to know your foe, know who he is, and know how he operates. And I want you to understand something. Satan is not just God's enemy. He's not just the pastor's enemy. Satan is your own personal enemy. Your misery is his policy. He hates you. He despises you. He can't stand you. He wants to bring you down. He wants to make you upset, uptight. Your misery is his policy. And let me say this. There is no achievable peace with the devil. He wants to turn blessed peace into broken pieces. You cannot sign a non-aggression pact with the enemy. The enemy hates you. He despises you. He never ceases to warfare against you. He never ceases to warfare against your purpose, your destiny, your family. He's always fighting. And that's why Peter said, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Now, now let's look at that scripture for just a moment. Peter said, be sober. Be vigilant because your adversary. Who's your adversary? The devil. He walks about, check it out, like a roaring lion or as a roaring lion. It didn't say he was a roaring lion. It said he masqueraded as a roaring lion. He tries to act like a roaring lion. But in reality, the devil is no lion. He is not a roaring lion. The devil does not have power. See, honey, when it's all said and done, all he is is a great pretender. He is like a roaring lion. He is as a roaring lion. There's only one lion that can roar in your life with any power. And we call him the lion of the tribe of Judah. His name is Jesus Christ. Don't give the devil so much power. Come on. Don't give him so much authority. It says here, here's how you know that he's a masquerader. He walks about as or like a roaring lion, check it out, seeking whom he may devour. He has to look for vulnerable people. He has to look for those that he can devour. 
if he has to seek whom he may devour, then that means there are some that he cannot devour. Baby, if he could have devoured you, you would have already been devoured a long time ago. If he could have destroyed you, you would have been destroyed a long time ago. If he could have caused you to be swallowed up in depression, you would have been swallowed up in depression a long time ago. If he could have done you in, you wouldn't be here today. But he's king whom he may devour. That means there's some that he cannot devour. That means that when he saw you, he wanted you, he wanted to devour you. But there was something called the blood of Jesus that was covering your life. And the Old Testament said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. The word Passover in the Hebrew, it means to hop. It means to skip. It means to jump. In other words, the devil was coming at you to bring defeat and delay and struggle and turmoil. He came. He identified you and came at you. He thought he would devour you. But when he saw the blood, he had to hop. He had to skip. He had to jump. What about the car wreck that he wanted to get you in, but it didn't get you? What about the cancer that he wanted to destroy you with, but it didn't destroy you? What about the times when he came against your mind, but he found out greater is he that is in him than he that is in the world? I dare you to give God praise for the stuff that never got to you because you're washed in the blood. Now, now part of understanding spiritual warfare, and I'm going to really get intense with this in the coming weeks i'm going to talk about spiritual warfare in your home in your marriage on your job you can't miss a single service especially wednesday nights but hear me part of understanding spiritual warfare and living the overcoming life is getting a hold of this fact satan has limitations for too long we've looked at the devil like he's all powerful the devil is not all powerful Satan has limitations. Tell your neighbor, Satan has limitations. See, see, it's time for you to know that the devil is vulnerable and he has limitations. He is not God, y'all. The devil is not God. He is a created being. There is God Almighty, and then there is the devil. Some of you say, well, why in the world did God create the devil? God did not create a devil. God created a worshiping angel. And this angel was built for worship. Study the Bible in the book of Ezekiel. The devil literally was made in such a way where his body was encrusted with jewels. His body was loaded with diamonds. His body had timbrels, the Bible said, and pipes. His body was built to worship God. It reflected the light and glory of God. He was the worship leader in heaven, and God's glory would shine on him. But somewhere along the line, he began to think that he was the source of the light and the source of the glory, and he was polluted in heaven. He began to take the worship on for himself, but there was only one source of light, and that source was God himself. He didn't realize it, don't matter how big the diamond is, if you put it in the dark, can't nobody see it. Oh, we don't shine until the glory of God shines on us. We don't really sparkle until the glory of God shines on us. And it was through that rebellion and insurrection that the devil was kicked out of heaven. And I want you to understand something. The devil has limitations. I said the devil has limitations. He, it's... It, 
God is not the good God and the devil the bad God. The devil is not God. The devil is just an angel. Give God a praise that fell and he doesn't have power. Number one, check it out, Satan is limited by time. That means that the clock is ticking on the devil and his time is almost up. Matthew 8, 28 says this, when he had come to the other side, I don't know who I'm talking to today, but somebody's getting ready to go to the other side. The other side of that drama, the other side of that problem, the other side of that issue, the other side of that attack. Who's ready to go to the other side? He came to the other side, to the country of the Gergesenes. There he met two demon-possessed men coming out of the tombs exceedingly fierce so that no one could pass that way. And suddenly they cried out saying, What have we to do with you, Jesus, you son of God? See, they know he's the son of God. Have you come here to torment us? Check it out. Before our time. This is powerful because even though the devil and the demons might not understand exactly when their time is up. They said, why have you come to torment us before our time? Even in those days, they understood that their time was going to run out. And it doesn't take much of a Bible scholar to recognize that we are speeding quickly towards the end of the age. In other words, there is a time limit on satanic rebellion and he knows the enemy knows that his time is running out Jesus is coming again and I got about a hundred people out of this huge crowd that believe it I said Jesus is coming again the devil's time is running out and pay close attention to how the demons responded to Jesus they asked the Lord they said why have you come to torment us before the time. The original Greek word there for time is the word kairos. And kairos means this, it's a set time. It's a allotted amount of time. It's a predetermined time. This is why the demons said, hey, why have you come to torment us before the time? We got some time left. They knew they had some time still allotted for them, and it had not run out yet. But they knew that their time was soon coming to an end. And I know that works uh, in the eternal realm, but I dropped by to tell you today that not only does that work in the eternal realm that works in matters concerning your life the devil doesn't want you to know it but Satan cannot attack you forever oh good Lord have mercy tell your neighbor say he can't attack you forever yet the devil cannot attack you forever he can attack you for a season but he cannot attack you forever uh, as you walk in faith you got to remember what David said David said weeping may endure for the night but joy comes in the morning you need to not think that you are destined to live under 24 7 365 attack of the enemy there are seasons when you go through attack but let me tell you that your destiny is not to live under depression your destiny is not to live in fear or underneath attack something needs to rise up inside of you and you need to let the devil know dog your time is running out on me He can't attack your family forever. He can't attack your finances. I feel like teaching this thing. 
forever. He can't attack your mind forever. We all go through seasons and circumstances and situations, but he cannot attack us forever. His time is running out. I want you to declare this in Jesus' name. Get radical with me. Point right down there at the ground because the enemy is under your feet. And I want you to say, Satan. Holler at him. Say, Satan. I know you're a dog. And you know you're a dog. And you are under my feet. And I want to tell you, devil, your time is running out. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're not going to attack my mind always. You're not going to attack my family always. Satan is limited. He's limited on time, but watch this. God is time. Let's go deep. God doesn't move in time. Time moves in God. God isn't bound by time. Time is bound by God. Oh, this is too much for you. God doesn't exist in time. Time exists in God. That's why when, when, when God met Moses in the desert and Moses said, what's your name? God said, I am. He didn't say I was. He didn't say I will be. He just said, I am. Before anything ever was, including time. I am. And then when John the Revelator met Jesus on the Isle of Patmos in the book of Revelation, Jesus introduced himself and he said, I'm the Alpha and the Omega. The Alpha is the Greek A and the Omega is the Greek Z. Jesus said, I am the beginning, I'm the past, and I am the end. It was like Jesus said, I'm the A and I'm the Z, and I'm the L-M-N-O-P. Hallelujah. In other words, when he said, I'm the A, the Lord said, I exist in your past. All the things from your past that want to come up and defeat you, things that you did, ways that you failed, circumstances that were in your past, all the stuff that wants to come and haunt you from your past, the Lord said, I am in your past, and I am holding your past from you, and because I am in your past, you are now a new creation. And old things are passed away. That's why I don't live jacked up by my past. I don't live bound up by my past. I don't live in, in fear of my past. I don't live in prison by my past because Jesus stands in my past. And he says, the blood covers his past. My redemptive price pays for his past. But yet Jesus is in you right now because he said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. He said, I'm the A and I'm the L-M-N-O-P. I'm right where you are. There's not a battle that you fight that you don't fight without me. There's not an issue that you have that you go through that I'm not right there with you. I'm guiding you. I'm directing you. I'm leading you. So he's the A. He's the L-M-N-O-P. He's the now. But let me tell you, he's also the Z. He's the Omega. What does that mean? That means since he's not bound by time, he's already in your tomorrow. He's already making a way. He has already stepped into next week. He already lives in November. He's already in 2017. 
He's already moving what you can't move, shifting what you can't shift, changing what you can't change. The only reason you are where you are today is because the enemy thought that he would ruin your future. But God got ahead of the devil and said, you know what? Before you can even attack them, I've already provided a way of escape. Before you can even bring them down, I've already gone before you and prepared the way. I make the crooked places straight and the mountains level. Oh, somebody give God praise for the fact that God is out in front of you. Watch, Satan is limited in time, but limited in time, but God is time. So as long as you've got God, push your neighbor and say, you got time. You got time. Don't need to sweat it. No need to worry about it. But the next thing you got to know about the devil is this. Satan has limited power. Mm -mm. Now, now let me tell you, it is foolish to view Satan as all-powerful because I've already told you that he is created. He is not a creator. We, we, are, we don't serve a good God and then the devil is the bad God. The devil is no God at all. See, see Satan is not all-powerful only God is all-powerful. And the God who is all-powerful has all power over all power. In fact, power belongs exclusively to God. And he's got all power over all power. We spend so much time worrying about the devil. We spend so much time in fear of the devil when that's not the plan of God for your life. Never think for one moment that God is sweating the devil. Never think for one moment that, the, that heaven is panicking or heaven is upset. Satan is no threat to the devil. Even now, Satan is being used by God. Oh, and I'm about to go deep. Satan is serving God's purpose. Do you think the devil has power? Listen, when God picked, kicked the devil out of heaven, he didn't kick him out with all power. He kicked him out with no power. See, see, right now, God is using Satan at this very minute to reveal the heart of humanity by separating the just from the unjust. That's all that's happening right now is Satan is being used. He is a tool in the hand of God because, see, we are free moral agents. We are made in the image of God. What does a free moral agent do? That means we make our own decisions. That means we are able to choose what we do. We choose whether we do wrong. We choose whether we do right. We choose whether we worship or we choose whether we don't worship. We are all free moral agents. We are made in the image of God. God is sovereign. What does that mean? That means God does what he wants to do. So he said, I cannot create somebody in my image and not make them sovereign. I wish you could hang with me. 
you are a sovereign man you are a sovereign woman that means God said I created you with the ability to make decisions I created you with the ability to choose me or reject me I created you with the ability to choose victory or defeat right or wrong sin or redemption holiness or hell I created you to be a sovereign man because I am a sovereign God and I made you in my image but I could not create a sovereign man without giving a sovereign man a choice I cannot make you free morally and to be able to choose unless I give you a choice so the devil thought his rebellion would work out for his own favor but God said I used you devil because I'm going to separate the people who want me from the ones that don't want me the people who will serve me from the ones that won't serve me the people that will get with me from the ones that won't get with me so some of y'all are so worried about the devil right now when all God is doing is saying I'm going to use you and once your usefulness is up I'll be done with you, and I'll have the people who want to serve me. Somebody give God praise if you understand. What I'm teaching, tell your neighbor, say, I'm sovereign. Yeah, I'm a sovereign person. I'm made in the image of God. Choose you this day who you will serve. Now, check it out. So, we spend so much time worried about the devil when Satan really, really, somebody say really, when he really doesn't have the power we give him credit for having. It's proven in Revelations 20, 1 and 2. Then I saw an angel, just one, just one angel, not a host of angels, not a bunch of them, just one angel, maybe even a junior angel. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand, just one angel. And, and he laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years one angel not a host of angels it didn't say jesus wasted his time fighting the devil jesus already defeated the devil he defeated him 2,000 years ago on a cross called Calvary. He defeated him 2,000 years ago when he arose victoriously over death, hell, and the grave. He defeated him 2,000 years ago when he went down into hell and took the keys to death and hell. I don't know why we're so scared of the devil. He ain't even got keys to his own place. You're sitting around worried about the devil. It doesn't say that, that Jesus fought him. It doesn't say that God fought him. It doesn't say a host of angels fought him. It doesn't even say an archangel, Michael or Gabriel fought him. But it said one little angel. One little angel came down from heaven with a chain in his hands. And this is prophetically speaking, after the rapture, after the, after the great tribulation, one angel is going to handle the devil. Some of y'all are so worried about the devil when one angel can handle him. Now let's get real. He doesn't even have the power to defeat one angel. And according to the Bible, the angels of the Lord are on your side. 
Psalms 91:11. for he will give his angels charge over you to protect you wherever you go. They will hold your hands up and they won't even let your foot get hurt on a stone. I dare somebody right now who believes that the devil is defeated just by one angel and the angels are encamped round about you right now. So I got a feeling that everything is gonna be all right. Satan doesn't want you to know it, but he ain't that powerful. The, the, the third thing I want to show you is this. Satan has boundaries. Oh, my, my, my. Why you let that dog run over you? See, he has boundaries. Satan can't do all he'd like to do because he has boundaries. Somebody say boundaries. You see, if the devil could do all he wanted to do, you wouldn't be here today. If the devil didn't have boundaries, if he could have killed you, you'd have been dead a long time ago. But hear, hear me in this room. You are a physical being. You are a natural being. Come on. Woman, you're a natural being. You make me feel. Come on, somebody. I ain't going to sing the rest of it because I ain't a natural woman because I'm all man. Can I get a witness here? I'm all man. But, but here's the deal. Satan, he does, he's a spiritual being. You're a natural being. So as a spiritual being, Satan can't touch you. As a spiritual being, he can't lay his hands on you. He can't harm you as a natural being. Because a spiritual being can't touch a natural being. If Satan could destroy you, you would have been destroyed a long time ago. Now, this is going to be shocking to some, but it's still 100% true. Satan does not have the power to physically touch you, nor can he force you to do anything. Oh, now it gets real. Because we all love to say, the devil made me do it. I wouldn't have done it, Pastor, but the devil made me do it. That devil, he just made me. I would have never done it, but the devil made me do it. But here's the real deal. Satan can't make you do anything. Oh, it's quiet in here now. But people don't talk too much in surgery. Can I get a witness here? See, this doesn't discount the power that the devil does have because we can look at the ugly mess that the world is in and we know the power that he does has. He uses it incredibly. But Paul described his power. He said in Ephesians 6:11 to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand, watch this, against the wiles. Somebody say wiles. The wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. He said we wrestle against the wiles of the enemy. Wiles are defined here as cunning arts, trickery, and deceit. Now, I want you to think about that. There's not one thing in this word that seems to relate to one single natural weapon. There's not one thing about this word to suggest that Satan can physically touch you or physically harm you. That's why Satan, uh, that's why Paul said we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Here's what Satan uses. He uses trickery 
and he uses defeat. His ultimate goal is to take your life, sift your purpose, dad, sift your purpose, mom, destroy your children, destroy your life, and never touch you to do it. How does he do it? He is a master of mind games. Hear me in this room. He is a master of mind games. 2 Corinthians 2.11 says, so Satan will not outsmart us, for we are aware of his evil schemes. He's constantly seeking a way to outsmart you. Schemes here in this passage is defined as, as perceptions and thoughts. Now, now watch this. The devil will work on your mind. He can't punch you. He can't hit you. He can't bite you. He can't physically touch you. He can't slap you. But here's what he does. Satan cannot touch a person. He deceives a person. And then that person hurts himself and others. Satan can't touch you, but he can insert thoughts in your mind. He'll deceive you, and he'll fill your mind with unholy and sinful thoughts. He'll fill your mind with, with doubtful, fearful, prideful, and sinful thoughts. He will use sin and chaos and trouble and your past, and he'll come against your mind, and you'll wrestle in your mind. And then people who fail in their minds, they hurt themselves and they hurt others. The only power Satan really has has is the power that we yield to him see when you deny him access to your mind see see you say the devil made me do it no you didn't hold him out of your mind see see no no pastor the devil that made me do it no you didn't hold him out of your mind he got in your head and then you got in her bed I said he got in your head and then you got in her bed Y'all ain't saying nothing in the room. He got in your mind and then he beat your behind. Can I get a witness in the room? Listen, don't give up your purpose for a booty call. Come on. Don't give up your destiny for a booty call. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me, but I ain't scared of none of y'all. It's time to tell the devil wrong number. Can I get a witness in the house? I said years ago, don't, don't give up a holy call for a booty call. I wish I could get somebody to give God a praise in here if you want the devil out of your mind because that's how the devil works. The fact is, you will never break the power of the enemy until you deny the devil access to your mind. He will win when he wins in your mind. He can't touch you physically, and it frustrates him. But what he does is he is constantly whispering into your spirit man. He wants to deposit fear. He wants you to live with a spirit of fear and say, oh, you know what? I think I'm sick. I don't know. My mama got sick at this age. I'm going to get sick at this age. Uh, I'll never, it'll never get better how it is. I'm afraid it's going to be just like this. I'm afraid that the worst is coming. I just got this feeling in the pit of my stomach that the worst is coming. My, my, my wife is going to leave me. I don't know when, but my husband is going to walk out on me. It's going to get bad. Jesus doesn't love me. He'll put worry in your heart. Worry is you say things like, man, why, what, what if I lose my job? Whispering in your ear. What if I lose my job? What if something negative happens what if my children struggle what if my son does this what if my daughter does that what if my boss does this he'll whisper words of envy why do they seem to have it so easy but not me why does it seem like they got it going on but not me why do they have that car I ought to have that car why do they have that house I ought to have that house why does she have that figure y'all ain't saying nothing to me 
Well, why, why, why does he have that woman? Why does, why does that woman have that man? She got five men since I've been coming to Calvary. I ain't even had one. What in the world is going on? Then he'll fill you with pride. I, I do more than anything anybody else around here. This place would fail without me. This place won't make it without me. I really am all that. He'll fill you. He'll whisper self-doubt into your ear, into your spiritual ear, and you'll begin to say things like, I can't. I never could. I never will be able to. I'm not able. I, I'm not good enough. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not smart enough. I'm not gifted enough. I'm not articulate enough. I'm not blank. You fill in the blank. Anything that's negative, the enemy wants to put it in your mind but you've got to establish boundaries for the devil in your own mind and say devil I'm putting you on lockdown I'm not gonna let you give me a spirit of fear I'm not gonna let you cause me to worry I'm not gonna be filled with pride or envy I'm not gonna be negative all my life devil I'm removing you from my mind you have no influence over my mind when you get your mind right you are getting prepared for victory I dare somebody right now who wants your mind renewed and you want to get ready for the next season of victory Victory. Give God a praise in the house right now. Here, here it is. Philippians 4.8 says, finally. Push your neighbor and say, finally. See, when you get to a finally, finally says, I'm sick of it. Finally says, I'm done with it. Finally says, I'm not taking it anymore. I didn't get to say this the first service, but I want to tell you, there are, some, there are some things in your life you don't need to take anymore. You need to get a finally in your spirit. You need to say, devil, not one more day. I'm not going to lose rest one more day. I'm not going to be upset one more day. I'm not going to be uptight one more day. I'm not going to be fearful one more day. I'm not going to lose sleep over it one more day. There is a finally in my spirit. Can somebody get a finally in your spirit? Push your neighbor and say, finally. There are some things that need to come to an end. There are some battles you fought in 2016, you ain't fighting them in 2017. There are some things you've been through in 2015, but you're ready to get a finally in your spirit and you're stepping out of the mess and into the breakthrough. How many of you are ready to get a finally in your spirit? <sighs> See, wherever you are right now, you have fought your way into this condition. Come on, as a man thinks, so is he. I need to get back and try to finish this, but some of you have thought your way into fear and thought your way into poverty. And if you thought your way into it, you can get the mind of God and think your way out of it. Tell your neighbor what you're thinking. Yeah, are you thinking victory? Are you thinking about your children getting saved? Are you thinking about a new opportunity? Are you thinking about a brand new door? As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. I need about a thousand or twelve hundred people in this room right now. Not everybody, but if somebody will get a finally in your spirit and say, I'm stepping into a new season. It's got to start in your mind. I said, it's got to start in your mind. Be seated just for a second. I'm going to wind down. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure and lovely and are of a good report, if there's any virtue or anything praiseworthy, think on, meditate, make a priority, think on these things. 
That's what it means. Meditate on this thing, on these things. Now, here's my instructions. It's a spiritual daddy in this house. Come on now. Here's my instructions to you, and I dare you to do it. We're going to renew our mind while I'm teaching on this in October. We're going to understand where the attack is and where we got to win. So for the whole month of October, I want you to fast negative thinking and negative talking. Oh, help me, Holy Spirit. I mean the whole month. I mean the entire month. When you start thinking negative, say, I'm not going to allow that to consume me anymore. I'm thinking on what's pure, holy, just. You're riding down the road, and your wife starts getting negative. You just say, yeah, but he, yeah, but she said, yeah, but, but she said, hey, 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 hey. Didn't you hear what the pastor said? Yes, honey, but she said, hey, 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 let's go shopping. Let's go shopping right now. Your husband started getting negative. Yeah, I'm so tired of that job. I'm, hey, boy. I'm so sick of that. I'm telling you, I'm up. Zip it. Do you hear what the pastor said? I think there's a football game. Hush, you go watch it right now. Hush. We're not going to have any negativity. How many of you are ready in October to get the mess out of your mind? The devil wants you to worry about what bad is coming. I've already told you that he is the omega and he's in your tomorrow. Instead of dwelling on the negative, I dare somebody to praise God right now over the good things that are getting ready to happen in your life in the next season. The doors that God is getting ready to open, the mountains that he's getting ready to move, renew your mind. Huh. Glory be to God. So, so we're going to fast it. Who, who will join me in this fast? Seriously, I'm going to hold you accountable. Wave at me if you'll join me in this fast. I want my staff to make sure I talk about this every service. Fast negative talk. And I'll be able to tell whether you are or not by looking at your Facebook. I said this a few weeks ago. Let me reemphasize re this. Yeah, but they make me mad when I'm on Facebook. They make me mad. You know what? It is possible to read something you completely disagree with on Facebook and scroll right by it and have a great day. Okay, for the whole month of October, fast negative thinking and talking. Make a little noise if you're going to join me. Make a little noise. Okay, here it is, and I'm winding it down. It's time to know what your foe knows. In closing, here's some things that your foe, here's what the devil knows. Your foe knows that he don't have any real power. He knows he, he, he just doesn't want you to know it. He knows that one angel can take care of him. He knows it. He just doesn't want you to know it. So this month, as I teach, we're going to break the power of hell's spells over our life, and fear will have no place in our lives. Hallelujah. I want you to think about the good things that you're believing God to do and dwell on that. The devil knows that he doesn't have power. Remember, God has all power over all power. That's why he's 
all-powerful. Hallelujah. The next thing your foe knows, he knows that he's on borrowed time. That means he cannot continually attack you. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I felt this in my spirit. I'm going to obey God. God said this week there are some attacks that some of you have been under that are going to cease and desist because you have a revelation now, and you are going to tell the devil time's up. And by Friday, you're going to be feeling different than you did when you walked in this church Sunday. I declare that in five days, five is the number of grace. In five days, you're going to see such a turnaround that by the time Friday gets here, you're going to say, look what the Lord has done. Who's ready to say, time's up, devil. Throw up your hands and say, time's up, devil. You have messed with my mind long enough. You've messed with my family long enough. You've messed with my purpose long enough. Time's up, devil. I'm not going to be fearful one more day. I'm not going to doubt my purpose or destiny one more day. Somebody shout, time's up, devil. Okay. The next thing your phone knows, he knows firsthand of the power of God. Firsthand. You say, well, Pastor, I don't know if I believe that. James 2.19. You say you have faith, for you believe. Any believers in the house? All the believers make a little noise. For you believe that there is one God good for you, good for you, even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. The devil knows of the power of God. The devil believes in the power of God. Tell your neighbor, the devil believes. The devil believes and he trembles in terror. That means to stiffen up. In the, in, the, in, the, in the Greek, it means to be paralyzed with extreme fear. Whenever God starts moving, the devil gets paralyzed with fear. This is the season uh, that we're going to see the schemes of the enemy paralyzed over our life. My belief, my faith is going to paralyze the works of the enemy. See, the devil believes. Somebody say the devil believes. The devil believes in healing. He knows God can heal cancer. He knows God can heal that baby sitting in that hospital room today. The devil believes in deliverance. He knows crack addicts can be turned around. He knows people can be healed in their sexuality. He knows people who have a jacked up past can be set free from their past. Touch your neighbor and say, the devil believes. Yeah, the devil believes in the restoration power of God. He's seen God put lives back together. He's seen your own life be transformed and turned around. The devil believes in prosperity. The question is, do you believe in prosperity? Do you believe that crack addicts can be delivered? Do you believe that God can turn your world around? The devil believes that God can give you victory. Do you believe that God can give you victory? The, the devil believes that the power of God is greater than his power. Do you believe it? I want everybody that believes it to give God a shout right now. Stand up, everybody, and tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, the question is not does the devil believe it. The devil believes in the power of God. Ask them, say, do you? Do you believe in the power of God? Do you believe what the devil believes? Do you know what the devil knows? The day you know it. The day you begin to believe 
what the devil believes. The day you begin to know what the devil knows, no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. You won't give up when you're under attack. Because something inside of you will say this attack is temporary. But my victory is eternal. Hallelujah. When you know what the devil knows, you'll know, devil, you may be coming against me, but you can't touch this. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. Are there... I know I sound like MC Hammer, but devil, you are a spirit, and I am a natural man. I am covered with the blood of Jesus, and you can't touch this. You can't touch my purpose. You can't touch my destiny. You can't touch my salvation. You can't touch this devil. The very day that you know it, if you will believe what the devil believes, you will overcome in spiritual warfare every time. I'll finish with this. I am consumed with this thought. So much so that I wrote 65,000 words on the subject. And this book has traveled all over the world. I have pastors who teach this every year to their congregations. It is a manual for spiritual warfare. And I want to tell you something. The Lord began to deal with me and said, there's so much that I, in those 65,000 words, I, I signed the deal with my publisher uh, in December, Christmas time, going, it was almost New Year's Day. And they said, we need this book by March the 1st. 65,000 words. It is impossible to write a book this size in man's strength without the power of God coming on you and I got a download, I felt like I tapped right into heaven. This is why you cannot miss this Wednesday night because I'm going to talk to you about the warfare around your house. I'm gonna talk about the warfare around your family over the next two weeks. I'm talking about maybe they don't live with you, that son, that daughter, that mother-in-law, that brother. How many of you are ready to break the power of the enemy off of your family and off of those you love? I, I cannot stress to you enough. I'm going to show you how the devil works against your family, against your marriage, against your children, against your grandparents, against the home. And I'm going to show you. We're going to, we're going to next Sunday morning, we're going to break generational curses. Come on. The junk that was on mom and them ain't coming on you. Hallelujah. It stops in your generation. Somebody make a little noise if you're ready to learn. But what we have to do today, we have to do this in the closing minutes of this service. We have to grasp what I've already taught. You need to know your foe and know what your foe knows. Because the day that you know, God, people are already in the altars. Hallelujah, Jesus. The day that you know what your foe knows, you're in position with great advantage because you are statistically and strategically and your strategy is so far ahead of what the devil has because you know his attacks even before he even attacks. So I, I want you to get this in your spirit. Say, I'm going to know my foe, and I'm going to know what my foe knows. Thank you so much for listening to the Calvary Christian Center podcast. 
To learn more, visit us at calvaryfl.com.